Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes with swings and he hits a drive. He hits the slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Joe Pod back with you on the Great Bar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. In for Matt Pauly this week. We'll be back tomorrow night as well. I will, that is. Uh, Matt will be back on Friday when the Cardinals are back and they get set to take on the Washington Nationals coming up at Bush Stadium. They'll take the, well, the Nationals and then they will have the Marlins again, who they had just, of course, last week. That series did not go well for the team, but they've got the Marlins back in St. Louis before they go on the road for the Cubs and Diamondbacks. I recall looking at the schedule early in the year and thinking maybe this could be a little bit of a respite for them. Maybe this is going to be a little bit of an easier stretch. Well, Miami has been so good, way better than I think anybody expected. Arizona leads the National League West division now. The Cubs obviously haven't been great, but you've got to play them seven times in a matter of a week, basically. So it's tough to play a team that many times Anyway, with regards to that, we'll get into some St. Louis City for you coming up here shortly with Jen Cease. She'll join us coming up at about 735. We can take your calls uh, maybe at the end of this segment, but certainly uh, after about 715 or so. 314-436-7900 if you want to get in, talk anything sports-wise and certainly, as I mentioned, uh, good or bad about what... uh, what these couple of days are without baseball for the most part, without uh, Cardinal baseball, certainly until Friday. And actually they've sort of changed that up a little bit. It used to be that a lot of teams would come back on that Thursday that you'd see some teams come back Thursday. So they'd have the day before, which is the home run derby, then the, then the all-star game, then the day off. And then teams would start playing on Thursday. Now everybody, nobody plays until Friday. So everybody is coming back on the weekend. So you don't even get that odd Thursday game that you maybe would have gotten previously. I think we, uh, well, I mentioned it uh, earlier on the station. I don't think I mentioned it here on sports open line, but a couple of blues notes, Oscar Sunquist resigned with the blues. That's a one year deal for $775,000. So good to see him back. He is somebody that's going to provide some depth for you up front for the blues. 10 point or 10 goals last year, rather split his time between Detroit and, and Minnesota. The other thing is uh, their one time, well, their backup goalie last year, Thomas Grice, has announced his retirement. It's been 14 years in the NHL, but he has decided to call it quits. I saw something from him that he said that he's gotten some offers, but nothing really to, you know, nothing head turning. And so I think obviously everybody gets to that point in time. Certainly the pro athletes that I know nothing about from a personal standpoint, because I would love to be in that situation, but they get to a point where, you know, those offers are no longer any more um, enticing than 
being retired and going on to whatever is next. And that's what he said. He's looking forward to whatever is next in uh, whatever chapter comes up for him in his life. So uh, good for Thomas Grice to get to that point and be able to walk away from the game and enjoy it. He was 7-10 and 10 last year for the Blues uh, with an 896 save percentage. And he was an unrestricted, unrestricted free agent. So, as I said, some of those deals, some of the offers that he got just uh, weren't enticing enough, and he'd rather uh, hang up the skates. So congratulations to him on a nice NHL career. Again, not something that it, we, you know, we talked a lot about the backup catcher. The backup goalie is going to be that same sort of player. It's going to be that guy that is, you know, a very cerebral player, usually a really smart player, someone that knows just about everything that's going on with the team and the game and the organization. And uh, that's a, I think those are two very similar situations there. And eventually you get to that point. First, you get to the point where you figure out, yes, you're just going to be a backup. And then eventually you get to the point where you figure out, well, my career is probably over at this point. So nothing wrong with that at all. Again, feel free to jump in. We'll take a break here coming up. And uh, when we come back, we'll be able to take some of those calls. If you are interested, 314-436-7900. You can tweet at me also, Joe underscore pot. And we can chat about uh, those things. Or as I said, we can chat about the Cardinals. If you have some thoughts on, what these next couple of weeks are going to look like. Do they have uh, any chance of any improvement, any better baseball? I said last night and I said over the weekend, I do feel like there are some things that are on the upswing. So if you think that great, if you don't think that uh, let me know that as well and we can talk about it. We'll come back with more in our second hour here on uh, the gray bar sports open line on K call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. MOX. I'm America's Sports Voice. KMOX. Joe Pod back in on the Gray Bar Sports Open Line. I promised to get to this, and then I forgot that I was going to get into the International Series, which Major League Baseball has announced today. And it's actually much more extensive than it has been in recent years. They, they're bringing together sort of several of these spots that they're going to play, and they're going to do them all in this season here. Uh, coming up in 2024. So the season will start, the Major League Baseball season will start in Seoul, South Korea. And it's the first time they've played regular season games in Korea. That's going to be the 20th and 21st. It's the Dodgers and Padres in Korea. They're bringing back the Mexico City Series. Last year, the Padres played in Mexico City. And from all uh, accounts, it was really cool. Like the crowds were great. The atmosphere was electric the players talked about how much energy there was in the park so that was that was really cool the london series is back which of course last year was or this year was the cards and the cubs which was supposed to happen in 2020 but didn't because of everything else that was happening so <clears throat> excuse me that'll be the mets and the phillies the eighth and the ninth and then they're also going to do a dominican republic series and this is happening during spring training. The Red Sox and the Rays are going to play 
a couple of games in spring training in the Dominican Republic, which makes perfect sense to me when you think about the players that come out of the DR that are really shaping this game. They have such an influence on the game. I think that's really cool to get the major league games there. Now, Tyler Rosen, who is producing for us, went to London for the London series this year and said to me, I mean, that was that was a good experience, right? Yeah, it was an awesome experience. I mean, I think just going over there and seeing how the locals were taking in the whole fanfare, especially once we got to the weekend with the games, it was really cool. They, a lot of the English people just took to it. They were They had their own teams, whether it was the Cardinals or the Cubs, or they went in thinking... Uh, we'll we'll be Cubs fans for the day or whatever, as a few of them behind us were. And they were doing the soccer chants, coming up with their own thing. So it was cool to see the mesh of a community that's not used to baseball. Right. And seeing like the Soul Series, Mexico City Series coming back, where that's baseball's already ingrained into the sports culture there. Um, that would be really cool to see. But seeing it in London, just how many locals took to it and were really excited about seeing a different sport, um, it, was, it was a really cool experience. You make a really good point because, and I don't think people think about that, that obviously they're playing baseball in Mexico City. They're playing a lot of baseball in Korea. Uh, and you want to talk about high energy and fun stuff going on at games. Korea is where you look uh, for that, I think. But it's not unlike when you think about, for example, in whatever it was, 2016, when Chelsea and Man City came here, you see a lot of high-level international, not international teams. Well, you do see international teams, but the club teams from London or are from England, from Italy, come and play exhibitions and play games in the U.S. And I think certainly for a long time, I think you would there was a good part of the fan base that was not as familiar with the soccer. Uh, now that obviously has changed, but it's still I still think. You know, when you put that game in St. Louis, I still think there's a lot of questions about how the and how the leagues work, maybe. And, you know, they don't have playoffs in their league. Instead, you've got the the different league cups and things that go on like that. So there was still a learning curve there. And, and that's the way I guess it was for baseball in London. Yeah. And I think it was the me and two friends went to uh, <laughs> both games. So I think it was that second game that Sunday afternoon, uh, a father and son uh, who were actually West Ham supporters. So they got tickets, I guess, because that's where uh, the games were being held where West Ham plays their, their soccer matches. So they were kind of asking us some questions, you know, like, Oh, so what is, you know, why does that mean this? Or why is that an out? Or why, you know, why is he running why the first? two outs? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. So it was it was really cool to, to be in a foreign place like London and still be able to share that experience of someone kind of taking in probably their first real uh, experience around American sports and baseball specifically and be able to kind of, you know, string them along and hopefully they would do the same. And me and friends were asking them questions about the stadium and just what the atmosphere is typically like for, for a soccer game. Cause as we know, baseball, especially in the States is very subdued. It's, you know, it's a leisurely watch. So right. it was very interesting to get the different perspectives. And the crowds were huge. So that is, yeah. I mean, at least the crowds <laughs> in London were huge. And like I said, the Mexico series had great reviews. Um, so I think it, it makes perfect sense. And this is, they continue to want to grow the game. You continue to want to expand your reach. I mean, we've seen the NBA do this for years. Now you've seen, I mean, shoot, it's been probably 
10 or 11 years, the NFL has been doing regular right. games over in London. And, and I, I think they're doing one in Germany this year, or they did one yeah. in Germany last year in Berlin. I think, uh, I think this year the Chiefs are actually going to be in Germany. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's good to see that. Um, it'll be interesting to see how football really takes off. I'm sure there are a lot of expats over, especially in London, who just kind of soak up those three, four weeks in the fall to, to see some American football. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm always glad to see leagues try and stretch out and get some international intrigue. Absolutely. When I was younger, they actually had an NFL Europe league. Yeah. They had a league where you had teams that were based in European cities. And then I, they may have had affiliations with teams in the NFL or with individual teams. I don't remember. Uh, but I remember the, I remember NFL, like I think it was NFL Europe. I think that's yeah. what they called it. But well, and now, now they just have the Jaguars over there. Every year. Right. They do <laughs> for a couple of weeks. Sometimes I, I, yeah, <laughs> And I, there was at one point, I mean, I know it was kicked around. It obviously didn't happen. And it, I think the logistics would be <laughs> tough to have a team based out of London, obviously. Yeah. Like that, that's near impossible. They, were, they would be based out of London, but you would be, they'd be in the States for a week so that they could adapt and practice leading up to the game. But then the NFL team would have to be in London for a week to right. do the same thing. And yeah. It's a, it seems like a logistical nightmare. <laughs> it would be tough. I'm sure it's tough even. You know, the Cardinals, when they went to yeah. play those two games, they took two games, two days off before they took the day off on the back end. So even just playing a series, you've got to make certain accommodations when you're traveling that far. Yeah. And you think about a week, you know, that's definitely enough time to get acclimated to everything. But you're losing out on quality practice time, quality, just being around, getting familiar with everything. And then you think about baseball. They were there. It felt like in and out in probably three days. I mean, I don't know how you can turn around after the schedules that both those teams had land in London, get awake for lack of a better term to play a couple of games. So yeah, it's, um, it'd be, it'd be tough. It, ba it You're right. It basically was three days. They yeah. had a travel day. They were there for an off day. They had two days and they were basically gone again. Yeah. It's, uh, that's quite the ask. I'm uh, I'm glad I had a week to get <laughs> to get acclimated right. to everything there, and I certainly wasn't playing uh, anywhere near the level of. Uh, no, you're right. Were. You're right. Good points, though, for sure. But that is the uh, international series, so it returns with a ton of places this year. So that's really cool to see, and I know that's a lot of fun. I think players do enjoy it doing doing it briefly as the. It's usually a two game series. At least look like they're all going to be two game series. They're going to open in. Korea is a two-game series. The Mexico City series is a two-game series. And the Cardinals played in Mexico. They didn't play in Mexico City. They did play in Mexico a few years ago. And uh, like I said, London returns, and then the Dominican Republic uh, has a series as well. Again, a place in the Dominican Republic that has a lot of baseball influence. Anyway, let's uh, switch gears here, talk a little bit about St. Louis City as we get ready here, coming up to hear from Jen Cease, who you hear on the broadcast. You also hear here on KMOX during the weekends on the Sunday St. Louis City Soccer Report. Uh, but we also heard from Bradley Carnell, the head coach for St. Louis City. He visited with Tom Ackerman for his weekly chat this week on Monday. And here he uh, talks about what this match tonight against LAFC would be like. Well, I mean, world-class players, right? Um, Carlos Vela, Dennis Buonga, you know, the list goes on and on and on. And, uh, yeah, um, 
I don't care what the narrative is. I don't really care what, what everyone is saying. This is still a great team. I know they haven't picked up a bunch of results, but uh, this is a is a real good team and a great challenge for us. And uh, I think we've earned a, you know, we've earned a, a, a sort of an appearance or, or a game against the LAFC, you know, based on what we've done prior to. So we're all excited. We're all energized going into this game because uh, we see this as a massive opportunity for us playing away from home and uh, to extend our unbeaten stretch here. So we want to put out a competitive team. We want to you know, get our results out here uh, west and uh, get ready for uh, a fantastic home game on Saturday. But first, business to do here. Business to do, that's how he put it, and that certainly is the case for St. Louis City. As we mentioned, they're in a position where they do not have to... It's not anything do or die, right? They put themselves in a really good position that win at Toronto last week left them... Five points clear of LAFC and three points clear of Seattle. And Seattle, by the way, they they scored a late winner to come back and get their three points in that in their match last week. They were, I think, they were playing Portland last week. Um, because otherwise, you would have talked about being a five point five points clear on both of those uh, teams. But as it is, they're five points clear of LAFC. He also gave a, a quick update on Jiao Klaus. We've got pretty much just about everybody out here. Um, Klaus had a few uh, sort of appearances. He had some treatment to get through, and uh, you know we just uh, we we for sure we miss Klaus with the group. You know um, we got Joachim Nielsen here, we got Edu Leuven here. Um, so yeah, I mean uh, Klaus had to uh, carry carry the badge back home for us uh, for a couple of days, but uh, we look uh, forward to reuniting with him pretty soon uh, when we get home on, on Thursday morning. That was really funny. He said Klaus has got to carry the bag for him uh, back at home because he had some. Well, of course, he had some appearances. One of them was uh, with the uh, caravan. Of course, there were some issues with our caravan as far as the on-air product. But from all accounts, Klaus was outstanding, stuck around, signed a bunch of autographs, really was engaging to the St. Louis City fans. And I don't think anybody doubted that he would be, but that was really cool. And Certainly, as a as far as the radio show went, that didn't go as we would have liked it to happen. But again, technical things happen when it comes to putting on a live remote and doing live radio from somewhere outside of the studio. So it was really cool, though, to, to hear and to see that he was able to visit with all the St. Louis City fans. And otherwise, as you heard from the St. Louis City head coach, Everybody else is out there. They've taken a bunch of guys, including mentioned Edward Leuven. I had heard that they might try to get uh, him back on the field for that game. So I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. And that's something that we can ask uh, Jen Cease about when she joins us uh, coming up here in our next segment. They are still trying to get him through the injury. And I, he's not, I don't, I don't have an injury report in front of me, so I don't know where he's listed specifically but he's missed a lot of time and you've got the break coming up after the all-star break you have the league's cup break that's going to come up so you have one more game city plays inter miami on saturday and then they're out of mls play they're off until sunday august 20th so you're talking about a really long break there is no reason probably that you're going to rush anybody back at this point uh, now, let's not say he's not ready and he might get some minutes. Let's find out. We'll ask Jen Cease that 
we'll take a break here. We'll come back. We'll get ready to talk to, to Jen coming up here in just a couple of minutes as we preview. Take a look at what uh, St. Louis City has in front of it tonight with LAFC. It's the Graybar Sports Open Line. Joe Pot with you this week in for Matt Pauly. This is Camo X. Joe Pot back on at Graybar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. In for Matt Pauly all week long and tonight and tomorrow anyway. And then the cards are back on Friday night. St. Louis City plays later tonight. That'll be a 9.30 kickoff at uh, BMO Stadium. They were at BMO Field last week <laughs> playing in Toronto. They're at BMO Stadium tonight in Los Angeles. And they play the defending... MLS Cup champions, that is LAFC, and we're going to talk to Jen Sees here coming up in just a matter of minutes. She is the uh, co-host of the uh, St. Louis City Soccer Report on Sundays, Sunday evenings here with Nate Gatter on X. You also hear on uh, the broadcasts on the sidelines, doing a lot of the stuff that uh, goes on in the pregame on the Y98 broadcasts. So we'll talk to her and we'll ask her all about what to expect here from this uh, tough game against the defending MLS Cup champions. Interesting to hear from the head coach, Bradley Carnell, and just talking about, you know, that they've not been on the best run of play. That is LAFC, but it is still obviously a very difficult opponent and an opponent that, as he put it, deserves their best shot. And that's what they're going to give them tonight. There's some interesting numbers, too, and this, you know, these mean very little. You can take them for whatever they're worth. LAFC is 6-0, and against expansion teams playing in their first season, and they're 4-0 and playing at home against expansion teams playing in their first season, and they have a plus 10 goal differential in those matches. And as I said, you can take those stats for what they are because we already know that St. Louis City has defied all odds previously and has sort of blown out all of those records anyway. But those are the numbers. They have. It just tells you they've played very well previously. They've had a lot of success previously. And if you heard us last night when we were visiting with Bill McDermott, he essentially made the point that this expansion team is not necessarily like expansion teams previously before them. So I think you can throw those numbers out. That's all I'm saying. And Jen Cease is on the line, and we welcome her to the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. And Jen and I get to chat sort of uh, going and coming. We're usually, I'm usually leaving. She's usually coming into the studio. So this is the first time we get to do it on air. You have a lot of going and coming lately. You're covering a lot of stuff, Joe. Well, like I told somebody else, I get to work when nobody else wants to. So vacations, <laughs> I'm usually filling in. So, But that's all right because I'm taking my own vacation at the end of the week. There you go. There you go. Well, I'm happy to be on with you. Thanks for asking. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, big game tonight for St. Louis City, obviously, and they put themselves in great position with the 1-0 win against Toronto because now you come into this game still three points clear of Seattle and now five points clear of LAFC. They're in a little bit of a more comfortable position, I think, going into LAFC. Yeah, they definitely are. I mean, having the points there and knowing that you're game to game tonight with your opponent, um, they're actually, both of them have a game in hand over Seattle, who's on 22. We're both with LAFC on 21. And really kind of a good way um, 
some of the Apple, I like to watch some of the Apple analysis before and kind of are touting it as a statement match for LA, uh, for St. Louis and a really more of a must win for LAFC. Uh, but knowing Bradley Carnell as he is, he's going to tout it, this as any other match. They're going to go try to grab points if they can and, and come home and just take care of business as usual. Yeah, we just used, I just used a little bit of his uh, conversation with Tom Ackerman from Monday. And that is what he said basically is that, look, LAFC not in the best run of play right now, but, you know, we're talking about the defending MLS Cup champs. You're talking about a team with very good players. And as he said, we're taking everyone. This is, we're giving them our, our best shot. Yeah, I mean, you have to respect LAFC. They're rating champs for a reason. That They have a strong squad, and everybody, everybody, every club has had a quote. Everybody likes to say, you know, a good run or a bad run of form, and everybody runs into that. If you take a look at LAFC's schedule, and in my opinion, just looking at them, they've definitely had the harder hand, you know, to be dealt with since I think it was May 31st. They are on 11 or 12 games, um, being also in the uh, CONCACAF Champions Cup. Uh, they've had more games to play. That's a lot more time, lungs, and legs to manage. Um, sometimes that can help you out because you're in game form. Sometimes it can hurt you. And not to mention when players are called to international play. So, you know, St. Louis City SC knows exactly what it's like to be struggling. We've got some of our major players out. But we have found a pretty decent run of form with people we didn't realize had as much depth as we we were hoping for. It could really be, it should be a very exciting game to match watching, you know, what what we may look like the the underdog in some ways against this reigning champion, but when in fact on the scales right now at the top of the league, we're not the underdog. So it'll be interesting to see how these two teams play it out. Jen Cease is with us. She is, uh, well, you hear here every Sunday with Nate Gatter. You hear on Y98 as part of the broadcast as well. And I talked to Nate on Sunday and I, I've, I continue to be impressed by this. And it's always, it's the way that, they have approached, they being this organization, St. Louis City has approached, that they are going to be a designated team. And you just mentioned it, that it is, they have been the epitome of the next man up or, you know, whoever is there. They have used so many different lineups a lot of times because they have had to. And yeah. so many guys, whether it's AZL Jackson last week, have stepped up when their number's been called. Yeah, and uh, Roman Berkey made the point on the uh, press conference for the last game. Um, we did it by Zoom. You know, they were in Toronto. Yeah. They made the choice to go straight to L.A., probably a good choice, get their legs underneath them, get a little adjusted to the time zone. But, you know, Roman Berkey is not afraid uh, to disagree with, with Coach Carnell. He's definitely a leader, but they are locked, you know, in lockstep on this one. He said, you know, we don't have backups anymore. We're not in a place where we have backups. Sometimes, you know, some people start versus other people are on the bench, but everybody's plays, everybody can be a starter, everybody can come in off the bench, and that's where he believes their strength is. Yeah, that is, I really like the that approach. I like the fact that it's not starters versus backups. It's just some people are there at the at the first whistle, and maybe others are there at the, at the last whistle, right? Yeah, and you know, the old, the way I grew up anyway, playing the game, right, you always talked about starters being, oh, they're the best on your team. And that really the, was the way the game was managed. Your starters were your best, they stand as long as possible, and you put subs on when you had to. And I think soccer overall has changed in that. And when a team is strong enough, you really don't necessarily have it. You may have some players that literally just come off the bench better than they start. That doesn't mean they're 
second to the player on there, but the way you manage yourself in a game when you start at the whistle for what could be 90 minutes might not be versus the way, you know, maybe you come off, come into the game 10 minutes into the second half, you know, that could be a fun place to be. You can come in with a ton of explosivity, try and tear up the defender that's on you. And, and some players start one way better than the other. And sometimes it's really, Bradley likes to talk about, you know, different tools in the toolbox. Sometimes you might save a player you might think would normally start, but you're going to save them for a specific instance in a specific game to come on and do a job and be that, quote, super sub. Yeah, you talked about the explosivity. Sometimes it can be that burst of speed, right, where you can take advantage of the waning minutes of the game and perhaps your opponent's a little bit winded and, and, and you can give yourself an advantage if need be. Yeah, I mean, uh, my favorite player to look at is actually on the women's side. It was Carly Lloyd, you know, later in her career when she would, you know, granted, a lot of that as you as you do age in the game and you're coming up to people who are a decade younger than you or maybe, you know, maybe more, it could be hard to manage your legs and lungs. But I don't think anyone did it better than Carly Lloyd to sub in and she always made a massive impact in the game. And it's like, who cares how well we have her on if she scores two goals and she comes in? She's just as impactful. In fact, sometimes maybe more so than have you had to manage your legs for 45 minutes before going into a second half. Jen Cease is with us here on the Graybar Sports Open Line. Of course, as I said, you hear on the Y98 broadcast. You hear every Sunday with Nate Gatter. What do we know about uh, Edward Leuven? Um, they say, I know that he's on the trip. Bradley Carnell mentioned that. But it's not necessarily – the team is not necessarily in a spot where they need to force him back or rush him back. No, I don't think they will. If knowing, so he's been at practice. He's been at practice for several practices now. Um, I believe the believe as of last Thursday, if I remember correctly, they normally play soccer tennis on Thursday. <laughs> Thursdays on a normal week, and I remember there seeing Adu come out. And I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, he's going to play some soccer tennis. And he actually got to the final. They always play in the finals, and he didn't win that one, but <laughs> he made a good showing. And the entire time, I kept thinking, please don't pull your quad. Please don't pull right, your exactly. quad. Trying to play. Please don't pull your quad. And then he went out and he did practice and he had a, um, they were doing a drill and he had a penny on. He was the only player. And so I think they were using him as like a transition player. And in other words, I didn't see a lot of people hit Adu, which was right. good. I, I hope that was the instruction, but he looked good. Um, you know, he looked here and there a little winded as you will be. I don't care how many miles you ride on the bike. It's not the same as being in, in match fitness. Um, but knowing Adu and knowing that he was exactly the guy in the very first Open Cup match, which was here in St. Louis, where, you know, they really didn't need to sub anybody on. He asked for time. He wanted to go and play. It didn't matter if he was needed. He always wants to play. So I wouldn't be surprised if all if the game is under a decent control and, and nothing, you know, nothing stupid is happening and we don't think he's going to get hurt. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get out there for and I think a short period of time, I'm thinking 20, maximum 30 minutes to run your legs out, see a little bit how you feel, and more importantly, see how you feel tomorrow. Yeah, that is always, that is something you see, That's they, they tell us that baseball too, right, all the time. It's not necessarily, yeah, it felt good, no. but how do you recover? How do you come back yeah. from that? Yeah, and, and they talk too, and I know sports science has come a long way. In fact, I don't think sports science was a thing back in my day, but you know, each person regenerates a little bit differently. Some people just seem to bounce back faster than others um, for different reasons. And, you know, science tries to figure that out. But then ultimately the body is the guide, right? So, you know, we've seen it with, with Jao Klaus. It was so nice to spend some time with him, even though the broadcast didn't get on the air. I did get a good solid 10 minutes to just chat with him. And 
you know, injuries are frustrating and to not understand I've injured my quads, I tore an MCL, I tore an ankle and to feel like, gosh, I feel like you should be out there. And then you go try something and the body says, nope. And I think he's definitely had that a few times and it's frustrating. So for me, when I look at would I love to see Adu out there? Oh my gosh, yes. Do I expect to see Adu out there the way he was before? No way. And I'd much rather save him and make sure he's solid for, for frankly, after League's Cup. Jen, we mentioned the fact that obviously there were technical difficulties and uh, that happens when you're doing <laughs> uh, live radio. But how nice was it that you have a superstar in Klaus and he is out there in front of the fans and interacting and, and spent so much time with the fans? That's I mean, that's huge. He was awesome. You know, he went straight into it. So as you know, when, when things go down and we think we're on the air and we're not on the air and the station's trying to figure it out, you know, there was really for a bit, about a 10-minute period where we weren't sure what we were going to do. And then once we knew that this was not going to go and let's just take care of the event here in person, Chow jumped right into signing, you know, doing autographs. There really, frankly, wasn't supposed to be a whole lot of time for everybody to sit there and snap pictures, but he did. He was gracious even to a point where I think they got through all the quote tickets. They kind of came out, they gave out to just try and handle people in waves of like 20 at a time. When they got through that, he was like anybody else, you know, he wasn't looking to go anywhere fast soon. He was just so wonderful. I can tell you my four kids went home very happy. That is awesome. And I think, I mean, not that this franchise needs any help building a fan base, but uh, no. <laughs> that, you know, that, that kind of stuff, though, means a lot. And I think that that, you know, when you talk about like your kids going home happy, this is what this is where you start making those fans that, that now they're, they have memories like, hey, I grew up with this team. That's something that, that's right. You know, we can only I mean, I, I guess the, the equivalent for us, for me, would be like Cardinals baseball. But. You know, on the yeah, soccer side, here. there there's not a lot you can say. Um, I mean, I you know, I grew up with various indoor teams, I guess, and those those were great. Steamers, this, we can probably go back to the steamers, uh, right? Yes, yes, we can. Yes, very there you go. very much so. But now, you know, now we're at the we're getting to see like our kids. They I grew up with with St. Louis City, and I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and, and honestly, I don't honestly know who is happier, the kids or, or some of even adults who, who, you know, looked on their faces like they were they were kids and having their best moments and just having such a great time. And honestly, when, when Klaus walked in, it was so funny. He, he walked in and, you know, here's a guy who's normally used to screams, right, from 20,000 plus right. fans, whether, you know, whether the ball goes in or it doesn't go in, and he looked to me, and this is just my reaction, he looked taken aback. He looked taken aback as he walked the door and the place erupted. I mean, I almost shed a tear because it was almost like he was surprised. And I thought, why is he surprised? He's used to this, but I don't know if he hasn't had that many of these kinds of interactions, but I would like to think, I would like to think it, it touched him maybe as much as it did everybody else. That is really cool. Can I bother you for one more second? I just want to get your oh, thoughts. please. Uh, we're getting set to get into the Women's World Cup. And, of course, Megan Rapino announced her mm, retirement. I don't uh, want to talk about it, Joe. Uh, <laughs> just just if, you, if just a thought on her legacy, what she has meant for the game, certainly for women's sports in this country. 
Oh man! So you know, Megan, I'm too old for make to to look to Megan as a youth player, right? So she would have come along later um, before you know Michelle Akers right. would be the right. one you know that I could look up to. Even the '99ers weren't were a little bit younger than me, but Megan Rapinoe was definitely whatever you know ages she came in and whatever she's always sported a, a number of different looks, right? I looked at some old video where she has like a long hair and a ponytail, and I'm like. That's wow, right. Yeah, right. That's right. She doesn't look like that anymore. But what what a player who has you know owned who she is, owned her contributions to the game, and then also just seeing so many athletes from you know current studs in the sport that look. It's almost like the, the she almost has like the Marta effect. You know, Marta yep, from Brazil. Right. I remember when I took my daughter. Mm, maybe seven years ago to uh, one of the tournaments that the U S women's game had. And we were at the, the children's mercy park in, in Kansas city and looking after these games, here's the American players who played against Brazil in this little tournament. And they're all going to Marta to get her, her you know, autograph after the game that they just played. Like Alex Morgan is walking up to Marta asking for her autograph. And I think that Megan Rapinoe has that same for many of the young players now. And, you know, even like Martina Navratilova had just has reacted and all these um, really high level players from across the world at her impact on the game. It's thank you for us having her. And it's truly a loss. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, and, and Marta, by the way, she's going to play in her sixth World Cup only. And that's going to be oh her my, last. But my right? goodness, six World Cups. I, I can't. My body hurts thinking <laughs> right. about it. <laughs> and, and honestly, other than the fact that we all we all lose this little bit of a step. She, you, you just become, honestly, you become a smarter player because I'm telling you, if I played half as smart in my 30s and 40s as I, you know, if I played it that smart when I was 22, I could have really been something. You play smarter, but just knowing also the impactful, they played Megan, they played um, Marta before anybody cared. They played before the kind of coverage they have now. They played when, you know, you barely had anybody coming, much less equal pay and all that stuff nobody cared and nobody covered and i'm so glad that they're still going to be around in some capacity i hope they stay involved in the game in a capacity to see the fruits of their labor no question about it jen sees thank you so much for spending some time with us tonight and uh, of course we're all going to be tuned in to the st louis city lafc i was just telling tyler i'm off to a watch party when we're done here so yeah, it's gonna be a late one tonight, Joe. It is, I know. Well, that's the tough part. I, I hope that I can. I hope that I can make it. Speaking of losing a step, right? <laughs> you got it. Well, thanks for having me, and enjoy the game. Absolutely. That is Jen Cease with us here on the Graybar Sports Open Line. You hear her on Sundays with Nate Gatter and the St. Louis Soccer Soccer Report. Also hear her on the games on the sideline there with Joey Zanaboni and Dale Shilley. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up this edition of the Graybar Sports Open Line coming up after this on Camo X. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits the spammer. America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Final segment here on the Graybar Sports Open Line on this Wednesday night. Joe Pot in for Matt Pauley. And we'll be back tomorrow night as well. I will be back tomorrow night for Matt Pauley. And Matt will be back to take you through the Cardinals series this weekend, starting on Friday. I owe my man Andrew Price. Uh, he always is listening and always is texting in. 
he has a couple of things. First of all, he really likes the signing of Oscar Sundquist. He likes that Sonny is back and part of the Blues. And he always uh, he let me know, too, that he feels like he is a part of this show. And we definitely feel like Andrew is a part of this show as well. And I appreciate him texting in and getting being a part of it that way. Uh, tomorrow night, again, back here for another edition of the Gray Bar Sports Open Line here during the All-Star break. It'll be the uh, final off day there uh, for a little while and uh, I don't even know what's on the on the list yet I don't I don't yet know what is uh, all part of the plans tomorrow night so we'll find that out tomorrow and we'll have some fun tomorrow night before the Cardinals come back on Friday again the Nationals in town over the weekend and then the Marlins in town and I really did think back at the beginning of the year that this was a stretch that was going to be where the Cardinals were going to be able to make up some ground. They had the four-game series at Miami, the three-game series against Miami. I thought those games didn't expect much from the Cubs, so I thought those games, but it has changed. Obviously, nothing has been as expected for this team. I did not expect them to still be 15, 14, 15 games under 500 at this point, yet here we are. So, as I said last night, the Next couple of weeks are going to be probably some of the most interesting that we have had here in St. Louis in a while, just because there might be, there's the potential to be more movement from this team, either coming or going than there's been in a long time. You think to the, was it 2011 that they made the moves for Zebchinski and Dotel when they moved Colby Rasmus out? Uh, and it was really like, oh my goodness, you're you know you're cutting you're cutting ties with Colby Rasmus. You're making some drastic moves. Obviously, all worked out well in the end. But I think that this is going to be you're going to see some significant moves. That doesn't mean that it's going to be. I'm not saying they're going to start dumping the Goldschmidt's and Arenados. I don't think that's the case. But I think that maybe just by sheer volume, they're really going to start making some some moves. And there might be some people dealt that you don't expect to be dealt again i don't believe that it's really going to be those two specifically but i think that also depends on the deal if there's a deal there that is going to improve this team and put this team on a better course for the years going forward then i think that we know that john mozalak will make that deal and and whatever make that acquisition or uh, make that trade if, if that's what it comes down to. I, I just think it's going to be a really interesting couple of weeks. And it, a lot, obviously, whatever happens there is going to depend also some on what happens between Friday and August 1st or whatever it is, June 28th, 29th, June 30th, as we get close to the deadline. And then we'll just wait and see where the chips fall. My thanks to our guests tonight, Tim Brown, Jonathan Mayo, Jen Sees. Thanks to Tyler Rosen. Back here tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, I'm Joe Pott for the Gray Bar Sports Open Line on Camo X.